On June 24, 2022, the United States Supreme Court announced its decision in Dobbs v. Jackson. The decision involved overturning two cases often thought by conservatives to be not just controversial, but also poorly reasoned. That would be Casey and Roe. As predicted, the decision has led to a considerable amount of instability and indecision primarily in the medical community, with clinics and doctors refraining from performing potentially life-saving procedures in fear of being prosecuted. Typically, on Lawrence Talks, we like to explore the arguments involved in these decisions. And certainly there's a time and place for that. On today's episode, however, my guests point out that arguing and reasoning comes with the privilege of time. In Kansas, voters are being rallied by both sides of the political aisle to determine whether an amendment ought to be added to the state constitution and telling that citizens of Kansas do not have a fundamental right to have an abortion. This amendment, in theory, would allow state legislatures to regulate abortion access more than it currently is. My guests today, Rija of Vote Nay and Melissa of Loud Light, join me to discuss how they plan to deal with today's political realities and just what exactly is at stake. To begin our conversation, I asked both Rija and Melissa a little bit about their activist origin stories. Here's what they had to say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm Rija Nazir. Um, I'm currently a Wichita State senior. Um, I was born and raised in Wichita. Um, I'm currently a community organizer for Loud Light, but um, the lead organizer for Vote Nay, which is housed under the Youth Power Coalition. Um, but I definitely wanted to get into this work more at the beginning of the year, specifically for the amendment, um, just knowing that it was coming up soon and um, especially after the draft opinion leaked, we knew that we needed to do something and do something very quickly um, to gain the attention of all Kansans, specifically young and marginalized Kansans. Yeah, um, well said, Rija. Um, my name is Melissa Seiler. I use she, her pronouns. I'm the advocacy director of Loud Light Civic Action. And I am a, you know, a working class queer woman. And so I got involved in this work kind of because I had no other choice. This is about uh, me and my people's humanity and making sure that, you know, I mean, even looking at where we are right now, folks like Rija and I, we have less rights today than we did a few days ago. And so in order for us to not just maintain our, our own personal freedoms or political freedoms, but to actually push towards the kind of liberation that we all deserve, you, we have we have to do the work. That's these things don't just happen by accident. It's uh, everything happens because so many movement folks, activists, and organizers did the work for so long to get us to where we're today. Having touched upon the topic of civic responsibilities and our duties as citizens to engage in politics to engage in these conversations about values, principles, and the best direction for our communities and our country. I asked both Rija and Melissa about what their experiences so far has taught them about these two topics. I guess the first thing that I, I hope that your audience takes from all of this and that they really need to hear is that, as you've mentioned, abortion is still legal in Kansas, and we need to keep it that way. The most important thing that we can do to protect legal abortion is commit to voting no on August 2nd 
and to reach as many voters as possible to ask for their commitment to do the same. The good news is the grand majority of Kansans believe in bodily autonomy, and they also believe in having their voice heard through our democratic systems. So if given the chance to vote on an abortion ban, they would overwhelmingly vote no every time. But Senate President Ty Masterson doesn't trust the people. He doesn't trust us with making our own healthcare decisions or in making our own reproductive freedom laws, which is why he's trying to sneak a misleading amendment past voters to force a total abortion ban on Kansans, where we can only vote on this right during the August primary election when most Kansans have never voted before. But if we let the people know that this election is happening, the people will vote to protect legal abortion. Kansas will be the first state to vote on reproductive freedom following Roe being overturned. Voting no on the amendment on August 2nd is the only way that we can fight back and protect our rights now. So what the work looks like is we commit to reaching as many Kansans as possible to let them know about this vote on August 2nd. And we ask all of your listeners to do the same. If they want to learn how to do that, they can sign up to take action with us at ksvotenay.com slash events. And nay is, you know, nay is in the horses. So that's uh, a little play on words there. That's N-E-I-G-H. Um, and there's actions every single day that Kansans can take to help let people know that this election is even happening in the first place. I also want to emphasize the importance of young Kansans and marginalized Kansans who don't typically vote or aren't typically informed about these elections. Um, this will directly impact those people. So I, I definitely want to emphasize everything Melissa just said, but also letting young people know that this is probably one of the most important elections um, in the near future in their state. Having touched briefly on the name of Vote Nay, I asked Rija to expand a little further on what led to the name choice. Yeah, so um, that name came from uh, a meeting during the one of the Kansas Youth Power Coalition meetings. Um, and we were looking at one of the examples from the Center for Artis Artistic Activism. Um, and there was a group called the Compton Cowboys, I believe. Um, and they rode horses to the polls um, and it focused on primarily black communities and getting them out to the polls. Um, and we were so inspired by that. And uh, this was prior to even knowing that we were going to do a vote no campaign. And so I think someone mentioned like, oh, what if we did like a vote may? And uh, we were kind of joking around and later on we were like, okay, but what if it wasn't a joke? <laughs> what if we actually did a Western themed, bright, positive, abortion positive campaign? So that's when vote may came to be. Um, and so it was, it was a very fun project to even think about and create mock-ups for and just create a very positive messaging because Kansans, young Kansans in our state, they're not often reached out to when it comes to um, candidates or issues or any type of election. So our main goal was to create something that was so enticing and, and so exciting for them not to just ignore. Um, so that is, that's a little bit of background for Vote May. 
With abortion typically being framed as a contentious issue, I asked both Rija and Melissa about their experiences in this work, advocating for voting no on August 2nd. But they both quickly point out that given the current political realities, they see their job more as one of education rather than persuasion. So I want to push back just a little bit because abortion is regularly framed as a contentious topic. But polling shows time and time again, over and over and over, that Kansans do not want a total abortion ban, that the majority of them, including uh, practicing Catholics and evangelicals and other Christians and other various, um, you know, religious folks, though Jewish folks and Muslims, they don't really have an issue with abortion, but, you know, even devout Christians did not want Roe to be overturned and do not support a total abortion ban in Kansas. And so oftentimes, whenever we're talking about and taking action around protecting our rights, this is some defensive activism. It's not like we're having these difficult conversations where we're trying to change people's minds because the grand majority of people don't want this to happen, which is why it is on the August 2nd ballot instead of the November ballot. Because if it was on the general election ballot, there is no possible way that this would ever go into law. So what our work has been is not so much trying to persuade people, but even just to educate people that this vote is happening in the first place and to also try and make a movement that is about our our collective liberation in a joyful kind of way. I mean, this can be so depressing if you let it, but we don't need to let it. We need to make a movement that's just irresistible, that folks want to be a part of, that um, you know, that that feeds their souls and helps us kind of grow into the future that we want to see in the world. It doesn't need to be about arguing with people and it doesn't need to be contentious because the bottom line is, is it is a very small minority of extremists who are trying to change our constitution to allow for a total abortion ban without any exceptions regardless of the health of the pregnant person, regardless of, um, you know, if how the person became pregnant with no exceptions at all, right? People don't want that. And so what we're offering them is joy and liberation and the kind of future that we want to see. Yeah. uh, I think again, Melissa really touched on the topic of the majority of Kansans, the majority of Americans oppose something like this. And so our job is to mobilize those same people who are gerrymandered and um, oppressed and kept from casting their votes and um, letting government officials know their opinions. Um, We're helping those same people head to the ballot box this August. Um, And from a religious perspective, there are religious people who will keep their values to themselves and they know what they believe when it comes to something like this, but they know that their values shouldn't trump someone else's. And they know that something like this shouldn't be based in religion. I I personally have religious values when it comes to the topic, but I, I don't let that overcome my duty as a voter, um, as a Kansan, as an American to other people. Um, so I think a lot of people need to understand that the separation of church and state doesn't only apply to the government, but it applies to voters as well. Um, and I think that's 
one of the most important things to remember when it comes to this special election. Next, Rija and Melissa share that both of their efforts go beyond educating the public about an upcoming vote. Aside from, like you said, ed- educating people about the election and the topic at hand, there is so many other things that come with the topic of abortion um, when it comes to queer rights and trans rights, um, non-binary rights. There are so many people who are left out of the conversation of abortion that can be so dangerous. Um, When we staple the idea of abortion to just women, that is excluding a whole category of people um, who get abortions who aren't women. Um, And when we talk about disabled people, um, they're always left out of the conversation. So it's also important that to the crowd that we're mobilizing and they're agreeing with us that we should vote no, it's also important to educate them. You know, we know some things, but also we can learn new things every day about this topic that we all share a belief about. Um, So education about abortion as a whole is not just for talking to people who disagree with us. Um, There's always something that our side can learn about. And I think that's something that we've been doing um, since the start of this campaign. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And even like reframing the conversation around what are the other things that are considered abortion that perhaps are unintended consequences? This isn't just about one procedure. Abortion is a blanket term. It is what the issue is, is this covers reproductive freedom across the board. We also know that while SCOTUS has been chipping away at our rights for years, the outright overturning of Roe and Casey are devastating. But Thomas's concurrence, he expressed the intention of overturning settled case law that guarantees the right to legal birth control, LGBTQ relationships, same-sex marriage. So we know that they're not stopping at abortion. And so one of the things that has been most educational is not just the scope of the issue, but also folks want to get out there and they want to protest because frankly, they don't know what else to do. And in most of the country, there's not as much as can be done in Kansas. We are the first state in the country who's going to be voting on reproductive freedom after the overturning of Roe and Casey. And so a lot of what Rija and I are doing and what a lot of folks in the movement in general are doing are telling people what are meaningful actions that you can take that are going to help people actually get out to vote. And why does voting even matter in this election? Because normally we would be voting for a politician who, you know, we hope would fight for our rights and, you know, maybe they vote on it and maybe they don't and maybe they win and maybe they lose and whatever. But in this circumstance, it is a simple majority plus one. It is a winner take all election. And so we are voting directly on whether we retain the rights that we currently have in the Kansas constitution, or if we change our state's constitution to make us less free. And the only way that we can do that is by voting. There is no other way to do that. Protests do not vote. Um, 
you know, donating to Nancy Pelosi is not a vote, right? I mean, I've received more fundraising emails from out-of-state organizations than I can count. That is not the thing that's going to make us win here. We need 50% plus one. So that requires that we all take action to talk to our friends, our family, our neighbors, and our fellow Kansans about voting no on August 2nd. In light of Thomas's concurrence in Dobbs, where the justice argues that the court ought to re-examine the validity of other precedents such as Griswold, Lawrence, and Obergefell that all rely on the substantive due process principle that Thomas finds not to be adequately derived from the Constitution. Our guests reflect on the possibility of having to fight equally important battles. Alito calls himself an originalist as well. And in his opinion, he didn't say that the rest of these rights were up for grabs. He left it strictly to abortion rights. That being said, we're hearing this popular narrative that the other people are next, right? Whether that be um, trans people, gay people, people of color are next. But the reality is, is that fight has already been here. This ruling is not, you know, the, the first step of many down a dark path. We've been walking down the dark path for a while. And your, your audience needs an example. You can just look at how Representative Stephanie Byers was treated as a trans indigenous legislator in the state house. You can hear what her colleagues would say about her, just her existence, not even engaging with her. You can see the kind of attacks that the legislature has had against LGBT folks, specifically trans folks, whether that be banning kindergartners from playing sports with their friends, or even a couple of years ago, the uh, adoption bill that made it perfectly legal to discriminate against prospective parents. This is the exact same movement who is trying to restrict family planning across the board, whether that is who can adopt, because it is currently legal for them to deny you adoption based on your sexual orientation or your religious values. And when you can have a child, which is what they're trying to do by changing our constitution now. Um, I would say if, you know, August 2nd doesn't turn out in our favor, which positive it will because of the majority of Kansas and how they feel. Um, but regardless, I feel education and information on resources is the most important thing that we can do for Kansans, um, regardless of the of the result, um, especially when it comes to different types of contraceptives and um, practicing safe sex and talking about abortion pills. I think the least we can do for Kansans beyond the election is continuing education. If we as an organization show defeat or a feeling of hopelessness, our very large following will do the same. And that is the last thing that we want. Um, so I feel education and continuing this, this hopeful feeling will, will be our number one priority post-election. Yeah, I, uh, I love how Rija framed that because the thing is, is where we are now is we just haven't won yet no matter exactly how August 2nd goes, 
we know that the fight for liberation is a long one. And one of the things that Loud Light specifically focuses on is voting rights and government transparency across the board. And whenever we talk about voting rights, I want to be really specific in saying we're talking about true, authentic, people power, human-driven democracy, where we have our own agency, where we have control over our lives, where our voice matters and our government isn't run by special interest groups. I'm not talking about the just go vote message that we're hearing from so many folks. We've been voting, we'll keep voting because we're not about to leave any of our power on the table by turning away from any given tactic to creating a better, more perfect, people-powered, you know, human-driven democracy, because that's the way that we're going to be able to to build our future. We know that the courts aren't going to save us. We are going to save us. Before there was Roe, before there was Lawrence, before there was Obergefell, before there was Griswold, there was still us. There was still people taking care of each other. And so that fight continues no matter what. Next, Melissa and Rija discuss the reach that they've been able to develop and the voters that they've interacted with over the last few months. So while Rija is based in Wichita, we're a statewide organization. VoteNay is a statewide campaign. And VoteNay is a part of the Kansas Youth Power Coalition, which also reaches across the state and, of course, works very closely with the coalition um, of Kansans for Constitutional Freedom, which is also operating across the state. So as far as building people power in Kansas is concerned, we have plenty. Um, We've been meaningfully reaching out to voters in every county in the entire state. And I'm confident that if we continue on as we're doing, we will be able to let enough people know that this election is happening, that true democracy will thrive. And if true democracy does thrive on August 2nd, enough people will have voted no, and the popular opinion of the people will hold true, and we will win on that day. Uh, yeah, like Melissa said, I, I am based out of Wichita, but I have, I'm so grateful to have reached across Kansas to um, counties I've honestly have never heard of and now I'm grateful to know them and it's I I would agree that we we have plenty um I know some people feel a little bit discouraged when the only thing that they see are purple signs um at every house I know that I can say the same when in my neighborhood um but yard signs quite frankly don't vote um and you don't need a yard sign to vote and we have done so, so much organizing and so much outreach in Kansas. And so I, I want to let voters know that you, you still need to vote no. And you don't need to be discouraged by the yard signs and, and the bumper stickers and everything. Um, so it's, it's still very important to go to the polls and make sure that you are expressing that you don't want this amendment to pass. Given their focus on educating voters, Rija and Melissa discuss how this has translated to a more positive operation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Like I said before, 
the majority of Americans, the majority of Kansans um, oppose this amendment. And so all of our energy, all of our efforts, all of our funding goes towards mobilizing those Kansans. Um, our job is not to change the mind of people who are voting yes. Um, that is not our goal. We know that that is not the majority. So we are not going to put all of our efforts into that. Um, we're not putting our efforts into putting no signs where the yes signs are. Um, letting Kansans who want to vote know, know about everything that is in the amendment, when it is happening, and how they're going to vote no on August 2nd, that is where all of our energy is going towards. And that, to us, that is the most successful way to get our point across. Um, we're not arguing with yes voters. And I feel personally that is how we have gotten statewide attention, um, especially on our social media, is because we're promoting positive content, informational content that is accurate and resources that anyone can access and research whenever they want to. Um, so just making sure that all these no, no voters are our priority is our main focus. Yeah, and I would also say that we have folks like, you know, Senate President Ty Masterson and Kansans for Life. As soon as they passed this uh, constitutional amendment to go on, again, the August 2nd ballot, not the November ballot, immediately the next thing that they did is they fought for and passed voter suppression laws. These folks are not aiming to have a true democratic vote on this process. What they're doing is they are using misinformation to try and persuade voters that this is about healthcare cleanliness, which makes no sense at all because abortion is healthcare and why would they specifically have to target the constitutional right to one form of healthcare in order to regulate the cleanliness of hospitals, which they're already doing in other ways? So they're misleading people about what the what this abortion amendment is even doing in the first place. And they're putting it on a ballot in a way where they're trying to get as few of Kansans to actually vote as possible. This isn't a Republican or a Democratic issue. This is the grand majority of most people don't ever vote in August anyways, because how many of these communities actually have competitive primary elections in the midterms? And how many, even whenever you do have competitive primary elections, who are the folks who are going to be most keyed in? They're the most extreme folks on whichever side. And so they're trying to use fear, propaganda, and to mislead voters rather than just having an open, honest, fair, free vote. Because if that were the case, we would win every time. Returning to the topic of civic engagement, the task of becoming more politically involved and civically involved is not an easy one to take on. It involves putting oneself out there, putting one's views out there and defending them and subjecting oneself to scrutiny. And this is often an aspect of civic engagement that might discourage others from getting involved. 
So I asked Rija and Melissa to discuss their advice, the advice that they would give to younger adults that are looking to get involved politically. Here's what they had to say. Um, I think the number one thing that I want to relay to young and marginalized people is it, it doesn't always have to be depressing. Um, when you hear about abortion, abortion bans, um, education, it can sometimes come off as daunting and depressing, but it doesn't have to be. Um, you can create a social media page and make it fun and bright and colorful and have fun with it. It doesn't have to be something that just stops after someone who's older than you says that it's dumb or stupid or doesn't make sense. Um, it, it can be whatever you want it to be. And when it comes to your advocacy and your activism and your electoral work, you shouldn't be put down by these older generations who may not have seen this type of activism or this type of work. Um, I know that I have seen it all. <laughs> I've heard it all from older generations and, and people who may not agree with me that, you know, this type of work doesn't, it's, it's not effective or it's, it's some sort of ineffective activism. Um, it can be whatever you want it to be. And you will feel put down at times. And that is just something that comes with the job, but you should know that there's always a community that will support you. Um, and it, you should never stop because someone else told you to. Um, so that's, that's the number one piece of advice I would have for anyone who feels maybe alone or in a part of the state or in an area that may not feel welcoming towards you. Yeah. The good thing about the kind of shift in politics is that the rise of digital organizing is incredible and also very effective. People are afraid because they feel alone and they feel like they can't make a difference. But the bottom line is, is they're not alone and they can make a difference. Every single day, there are people all across the state of Kansas taking action together to inform their fellow Kansans about how to vote no on August 2nd. And so whenever folks go to ksvotenay.com, and again, that's spelled like the horse nay, dot com slash events. They can see events happening in person and remotely, virtually all across the state where they can reach out to other voters. And these are folks who, they're not random lists. These are folks who uh, are registered to vote that are likely to, um, you know, to, to support these issues. You're not going to be having any like difficult conversations or arguments with folks you're going to join together with people all across the state to just educate our fellow Kansans that they can vote on August 2nd. And if they want to vote their values, they they should be voting no. And it's fun, right? It is fun to take action with people everywhere. Um, I mean, I'm based in Lawrence Regis in Wichita. We talk like all day, every day, frankly, because, you know, we do this work together. But to have a statewide network of uh, of folks who are all working towards this kind of collective liberation is so empowering. And um, 
and it's not scary at all. It's so welcoming. And, and so, yeah, I would, I would encourage anybody who's nervous, of course, they can reach out and have a one-on-one meeting with us. They can email at info at ksvotenow.com. Of course, they could always DM us on social media. All of our social media is ksvotenay. And if they want to have a more, um, you know, if they have any particular concerns, but the only thing that folks should be scared of is apathy, is giving up, right? Because truly, whenever we take action together, we are stronger and we will win. And one more thing I wanted to add um, on to Melissa's point is, if you feel like you're in an area that's not as populated as, you know, Wichita, Lawrence, Topeka, um, you can always reach out to um, Kansans for Constitutional Freedom and they will give you literature or a list of people where you can either phone bank with or go canvassing. Um, So there's always something that you can do in your area. Um, And as Melissa said, if you if you want those opportunities, if you want something to do, um, you can always email us at info at ksvotenay.com. In the TV series, The West Wing, it is stated that one should never doubt the power of a group of committed and thoughtful citizens to change the world because it's the only thing that ever has. To end our conversation, I ask Rija and Melissa to reflect on this quote and on their power to make change in the state of Kansas. Um, I think you made an incredible point of voters being the number one deciders of what we want. Um, For decades, we've relied on politicians and legislators and Supreme Court justices to deliver on what we want. And even the same people who said that they support Roe wouldn't codify it. And so that, that proves that we're the only ones who can decide what we want. And we can decide our own choices. We can decide what we want from our government. We are the, we are the bosses of our government, government officials. They work for us and not the other way around. And so I want Kansans to know that if you value choice, if you value safety, if you value freedom, what this country stands on, you should vote no. And Kansas is the first state to vote on reproductive freedom following Roe v. Wade being overturned. And voting no this August is the number one way to protect that freedom. And We shouldn't be following what other states are doing when it comes to abortion bans. We should set that precedent that our government failed to do. So I strongly encourage everyone to vote no. Absolutely. No one is going to give us our rights. Nobody is going to um, just give you liberation. Nobody uh, just gives up power. You have to take it. We, the people, have to take it. And on August 2nd, we have a unique circumstance where we will be able to directly vote on if we maintain some of our current freedoms or if we become less free. The only way that we will be able to protect legal abortion in Kansas 
is by voting no on August 2nd. That is the best and most important thing that we can do. Second only to that is by telling other people to vote no on August 2nd, so that way we can protect legal abortion here in the Midwest. Wherever one falls on the issue of abortion and abortion rights, I would like to simply encourage listeners to make their voices known by voting between now and August 2nd. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this conversation.